welcome to the Success School podcast. I am very excited to welcome my wife and business partner, Steph, to the show. Welcome, Steph. I am so excited to be here and also just thank you for letting me tag on to your already highly successful podcast. I feel very honored that I get to cut in on your success here. You are very welcome. We've been thinking and talking about having a joint podcast for probably a year or so now. And we've actually bitten the bullet and got it done because we feel like the quality of conversation that we're going to be able to bring to you is going to be amplified. It's not just one plus one equals two, it's one plus one equals a hundred. And we're going to be able to get a little bit deeper into the content and the topics that we want to teach. And also we're going to be able to if we have any blind spots essentially in our teaching, either of us is going to be able to see them. It's a bit like how we coach in success school as well. We have different perspectives. So yeah, we have a, a little bit of a different way of doing things on this particular podcast. We've got a few different sections and I'll let Steph talk you guys through how this is going to work. We want to make this really fun and kind of share a little bit about, you know, Tim and I are always upskilling and we're always looking for new things to learn, new ways to grow. And so we thought we'd always kick off our segments or our podcast segments with lesson of the week. And so each week, Tim and I are going to bring a lesson that we've learned from the previous week and we're going to share it with you. And so I'm going to kick off with my lesson of the week this week, if that's okay. Yep. Can't wait to hear it. So you actually already know it because it was it occurred on a call with our mentor. And so we had a chat with one of our mentors this week and we were talking a little bit about emotional burnout and how that can kind of happen. And it's been a really interesting thing for me personally that I've been going through the last couple of months because I have always been an overworker. I've always been someone who has thrown myself really deeply into work. And we've set this incredible business up now, which is exactly what we wanted to do, where we would have all of the time freedom to do whatever it was we wanted to do. And in having that time freedom, I found myself almost still worrying about my business, even though there's absolutely no reason to do so. And we had a chat with our mentor this week. And this is the thing that I learned. It was such a cool analogy. And I've shared it with a couple of my friends already. And so I thought I would share it with you guys. He said that the first few years, I've been in business for five years. He said in the first few years of business, you it's kind of like going to Afghanistan. It's kind of like being in war, you know. Every footstep behind you is a is, you know, someone coming to get you. Every time that you put something out on social media, every time that you get trolled, every time you try a new offer and it doesn't land, there's always something around that can take you down. And it can feel like your body's in this reactive state of of fighting and fighting and fighting to get this business off the ground. And and every single thing coming at you could be an opportunity to destroy you. And and he said, once you come home from Afghanistan, you still have that, you know, PTSD. You still have that, oh my God, there's someone just around the corner trying to get me. You're always thinking like, oh my God, this is going to, this is going to get me. There's someone out to get me. And so you're kind of still reacting in that way where you feel like anything could be life ending, even though there's actually no threats. And at this stage of business where we have recently, you know, I would say in the last year or so got to, we don't have any of the threats that we once had. And yet my body and my mind have still been reacting as though we're in fight mode, we're in Afghanistan mode. And I thought it was a really cool analogy to describe that feeling. So if you feel like you're constantly in fight mode, you've got to really start assessing yourself. Like, is there actually any real threat here? Is there actually any real fear here? Because that really landed for me. And I was like, cool, I get to just remind myself every day that I'm, I'm actually really safe and that this is all good. How would that show up for someone? Say that they're hearing you, they they understand the analogy, they, they feel like they're in Afghanistan or Israel or wherever it is at the moment. Like, what would that actually look like for them? Yeah, I think it's like, 
I think that we often think, and it was a great analogy, but also you're not at war. And also it's not life-threatening. And also it's not actually that big a deal. And uh, I saw a meme a couple of weeks ago that said, God, why do you send me your greatest battles? And then the and God replied and he was like, it's just an email. It's not a big battle. You're going to be fine. And I, that's kind of the way that I, I liken it is just... We think that these are really big battles, but the fight is actually usually within us. It's the pressure we're putting on ourselves. It's the fears that we are creating. It's the overwhelm. It's the exhaustion. It is the, you know, and that's all self-created. And there's actually, if you just took the pressure of yourself, if you just, whatever it may look like for you, if it's money, if you feel like you're constantly paycheck to paycheck, it's like, okay, what can I do to change my situation? Maybe I can go get a part-time job. Maybe I can, whatever you need to do to take that fight out of it because that fight will last with you far past when the fight is over. Yeah, cool. It's a it's a fascinating point. I'm sure everyone's going to resonate with that at different times uh, in their business. But we wanted to kind of, especially Steph, wanted to place that awareness or consciousness on you guys. Uh, so when that does come up for you or if it is right now, you can consciously be aware and then move forward. So I'll get into my lesson of the week. I was watching a training last week and it was by a very successful coach. So successful, multi seven figures into the eight figures category. And I was watching her present and I just saw her crush. Her energy was incredible. She looked incredible. She took a lot of time to be present in the camera. She was staring at the camera the whole time. And this was through Zoom. And I just thought there's something different and there's something about this woman. And the magic for me was in how she was showing up and the energy energy she was giving. In our program, Success School, we see people crush and we see people that don't crush as much. Not saying they won't crush, but I think a big commonality between the people that are crushing and not is the energy that they show up with and the energy they present with and the energy they put into their work. And without turning into some spiritual woo-woo like girl boss guy, the point I want to get across here is how you show up and the energy you put into things matters because people can feel it. Mm -hmm. And if you're putting in shitty energy and you're putting out bad energy, people will feel that and they'll automatically withdraw themselves and they'll feel a little bit ick. Mm -hmm. So my lesson, and for me, this was how I show up on Zoom, the energy I put into a podcast, uh, the energy I put into coaching, how I dress, my appearance, etc. On coaching calls now, I wear a suit or I wear a shirt because it's professional. And just because I'm behind a camera in my house doesn't mean I should just be wearing whatever the heck I want. It's the energy that I want to give across that I'm taking this professionally. Yeah. And I watched the same training with Tim and, and of, of this incredible woman. And I, I think energy really comes down to like, it, it, when it comes down to dressing, when you think about dressing, it's like, it seems so minor, like put on a suit or put on a nice shirt. And, you know, you'll always see me with my head on or my makeup done. And it's not because we think that we need to look a certain way to be successful. It's because we feel better. You immediately transition. You immediately feel better when you've put in effort. You immediately feel better when you dress for success. And so that's part of that energy building. And and I think the thing that really resonated with me about this particular woman was the energy came from her conviction. Mm. The energy came from her conviction. She was so sure of herself. She was on these calls and she was like, I am sharing this wisdom and this is profound and you are so lucky to be witnessing it and it is unbelievable and this is going to blow your mind. And if you ask yourself honestly, is that the energy that you're showing up with to your sales calls? Is that the energy that you're showing up with with your clients? Or are you like, oh, it, 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 you know, we could do this maybe if, if you want to. It, it could be nice if we maybe do this. It's like that conviction, that sure, that sure assuredness in in what you teach, in what you share, in what you've got, in your offer, in your service 
that's the energy we're talking about. And yeah, and the dressing and the looking after yourself and the showing up and the putting yourself in the right headspace is all part of it. But most of it comes down to your conviction. Yeah. So how we set this up or specifically I set this up for my day and how I show up with good energy, I think it'd be valuable for you guys to know. So Steph and I both get up at 4.30 in the morning and we go to the gym. And the reason we go to the gym is energy. So there's there's no secret to that. After we've had a great workout, a hard workout, the hardest part of the day is done. And then after that, we show up for success school and we talk about it. We talk about what's coming up. We talk about the clients. We talk about how we can help them. We both go for a shower. We look good. We do our hair. We do... Steph does her makeup. Um, maybe Tim I use a does his bit of makeup. makeup. Um, I put on a shirt and then, you know, sometimes we listen to motivational clips or something on YouTube just to get ourselves in the right mind frame to deliver for our clients every single time. And if you are one of our clients and then now you're wondering how they're actually doing it, this is how we're doing it. So we intentionally set our energy for the sessions ahead and that has caused a huge explosion in our business. Absolutely. And yeah, I'd love that. And guys, just FYI, like we don't wake up in the morning at 4.30 like, wow, we can't wait to train today. I mean, maybe Tim does because he's, you know, a little bit different. To I do. <laughs> he's different to everybody else in the world. But, you know, I don't wake up in the morning like, oh my God, I can't wait to train today. But it's my non-negotiable for feeling great. And if, if for anybody out there, whether it's a hard you know, gym workout or a nice walk in the mornings, like getting your body moving is so paramount. So we're going to dive in today and right now to our teaching point, our topic for this week. And not too different from what I was discussing and probably not too different from what what we were talking about with Tim before. We're going to dive into something called analysis paralysis. You may or may not suffer with this, or you may not even know if you do, but this is something that we see, honestly, I would say 99% of business owners struggle with every single day. It's something that I have personally struggled with multiple times in my business career. Tim, I actually don't know because you're probably the most efficient person I've ever met. <laughs> do you see, have you ever struggled with analysis paralysis? No, definitely not. We have a. He's not like us guys. Yeah, we have a we have a module called Power Lists in Success School, and essentially, you guys have heard it on the podcast. You just write out fifteen things to do, and usually, I get them done on Monday for the week ahead. I mean, some week. of you might be like, some of you might be like Tim, where you just like love getting shit done and love mm. ticking things off your to do list. But there are a lot of people out there I know that are like me, and, and Tim has witnessed me in this. But additionally, we've witnessed a lot of our clients in this. And and typically where we see analysis paralysis come up most is in the startup phase of business, for sure. When you're first getting started, there's so much to do and you're wearing all the hats. But then also once you're scaling and if your business has scaled really quickly and very fast, you can again get stuck in this analysis paralysis cycle. So what is it and why do people get stuck in analysis paralysis? Yeah. So to dive into what analysis paralysis is, it's really on the top level, it's like feeling like you have too much to do. Feeling like, oh my God, I have too much to do or or, I I don't know what I should be doing or this almost this feeling of overwhelm, right? Which Tim hates the word overwhelm. Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) And it's a a really overused phrase, but I'm using it because I want you to understand if that's a word that you're currently using in your world right now, okay? And, And analysis paralysis plays out by stopping us from being able to take enough action or do the action that we need to take to be able to get a result. But what this thing of like, I have too much to do, or I have too much on my plate, or I don't know where to start, what it really is, is usually 90% of the time it's fear. And that fear is usually driven Either I have a fear to actually do the task. So I'm actually I'm actually terrified of doing the task, like going live on your stories or whatever. But more often than not, it's usually driven by internal pressures that you, that we are putting on ourselves to be somewhere that we're not yet 
and a deep down fear that we may never actually get there. So when you're looking at your to-do list, you're like, oh my God, I've got all this stuff to do. Oh my God, I'm never going to get this done. Oh my God, I'm never going to be successful. Oh my God, it's ne- I may as well just give up. I don't even know what to do. Is anyone even going to buy this? And we start to have this crazy loop in our heads that stops us from being able to do anything because we're so emotional that we are no longer using any logic, right? Because when we tap into that overwhelmed state, we're actually removing ourselves from our logical brain. Our logical brain switches off when we're emotional. And so, you know, you have this heightened emotions, you can't take any action. All you want to do is cry, curl up on a ball, run away. Okay. So Tim's going to dive in. Tim, like how, how have you seen this show up for business owners or, or how has this shown up in what you've even witnessed of me? So how it shows up in success school when someone jumps on a call and they say, I have so much to do, I just don't know where to start. That is a big sign of analysis paralysis for me. And then the other one personally, when I've seen it happen with you is you have a huge to-do list. And by the way, to-do lists never get smaller. They always just keep growing. Mm -hmm. That's business. I've had people say that to us and they message us and be like, I always have stuff to do. It's like, welcome Welcome. to business. (laughs) I've been doing this for 15 years and literally every day I have a to-do list, even though I am efficient at punching it out. They just never end. And I guess that's just life. I expect it never to not end. And I actually kind of look forward to that. I feel like for for the way that I see it play out for successful clients is like knowing that you need to do things, but you can't seem to get anything meaningful done. It's like, you know, you even like, you know, that what you need to do is really simple and you just can't seem to take any action. And, and it's that Almost, and that, that's how you know it's the fear based because it's like you have the skills, you have the ability, you are smart, you are professional, you know what you're doing. And especially like in success school, like the strategies we teach are so simple, like they're, they're really easy to execute. And so if you find yourself not being able to execute, that's when you kind of know that you might be in a fear based mentality or I'm never going to be able to succeed at this or, you know, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing mentality. So Steph, with everything in mind that we've just been discussing on the podcast so far in regard to analysis paralysis, what would that lead to for an entrepreneur or a small business owner? Yeah. So the way that I, like, I'll talk about myself personally, like the way that it's, what it's led to for me multiple times has been burnout. And it's a really interesting thing because it's not like, the interesting thing about analysis paralysis is like you're usually not doing a lot of work because you're actually not taking any action, hence why it's called analysis paralysis. So it's like, I've got all these things to do. I don't know what to do. So you sit there for like an hour, two hours, three hours, trying to figure out what you should do. You just do some emails, you do some social media posting because that's the easy stuff that you know how to do. And then over a period of time, that lack of taking action, that incredible amount of overthinking, that constant state of fight or flight in your body, that adrenaline rush, that cortisol rush in your body eventually is going to lead to burnout. And it doesn't make sense because it's not like you're doing a lot of work, but it's because you're burning out emotionally. And it's usually spurred by thoughts of like, I feel feel like a failure. Like I've got all this stuff I know I need to do. I'm just not doing any of it. I feel like a failure. I'm not getting enough done. And and when you don't get enough done, guys, you're not taking enough action. You're not going to get the results, obviously. So, you know, if you're not getting the results, that's going to further buy into that story of, I feel like a failure. I feel like giving up. I feel like it's just not worth it. I feel like it's all just too hard, which again, then spurs more emotional burnout. So this is the kind of cycle that we see our clients get into. How would you and you've helped me out with this so much, Tim, how would you teach someone to combat this, to combat this feeling? I think a big portion of the analysis paralysis is they don't have the clear outcome of what they want. Everyone is in business for a reason and you need to understand your reason for being in business. Let's be honest. Most of the time, it's to make money and make profit and you want a better life. You want more freedom. You want time to yourself. You want time with your family, etc. So you just have to be really clear on that. After that, 
a lot of the time people just have all this information and ideas just pent up in their head and they actually never get it out. And I've seen this firsthand with Steph. She's like, I've got a million things to do. And I'm like, what? And she's like, a million things. And I'm like, what? Like, give me some examples of what the fuck is going <laughs> and on And then here. I tell him and he's like, it's like, it's like five things. Yeah. It's like, it just gets so pent up in the head. And then... I asked Steph to write it down and she's like, cool, I feel better. I'm like, sweet, that was fucking easy. That was the easiest coaching of all time. Then you need to look at the list and say 80-20, Pareto principle, what of the what 20% of the things on this list are going to drive me towards and get 80% of the results? So we highlight that and then you can rewrite the list from top to bottom on most and highest priority to least. In terms of prioritization, small business owners, entrepreneurs, especially below the seven-figure mark, the most important thing you should be doing is making sales and marketing, okay? They are the most important things you need to be doing. Not replying to some shitty client email, getting all pent up emotional about it, chasing billing or like all these other things that aren't going to move the needle. They do move the needle, don't get me wrong, but they aren't sales and marketing. Sales and marketing is the thing that everyone puts off that you need to be doing. And I think they put it off, right? Because like no one got into business to do sales and marketing. I mean, maybe yeah. some of you do sales and marketing for your for your business, but like you don't want to have to do it for yourself. You, you got into business, whether you're an accountant, whether you're a bookkeeper, whether you're a fitness person, because you wanted to help with the thing you're most passionate about. Unfortunately for you and for everybody in the world, the number one thing that's going to help you to actually do the thing that you want to do is the sales and marketing. So it's like, I know it's not what you want to do to get to seven figures, but that is, that is honestly that's like, literally that's all literally all it is. Yeah, for sure. And then lastly, just stop putting so much pressure on yourself. There is this pressure that usually comes from within. 95% of the time, the main person that's putting pressure on you is you. And then once you kind of release from that, life gets a lot easier. But you don't want to release too much and just be one of those people that just goes with the flow and nothing matters and, and there is no consequences and you have no drive to get anything done. There has to be a healthy level of pressure, not an unhealthy level of pressure. That's where people just crack, break down, self-sabotage and like basically blow up their businesses. Mm. So the three strategies here, guys, is get off social media and stop comparing yourself. I was actually, God, I didn't tell Steph this, but this morning I went and got a coffee and I saw a girl that we know. And the first thing she said to me is she goes, oh my God, you and Steph are killing it compared to me. And I died in my seat when I heard her say that. And I said to her, stop comparing yourself to us. And she said, I'm not. And I said, you just did. So stop that because literally comparing yourself to other people is stupid because you have no idea what they have done to get to where they are. And usually it's a fucking battle and a big battle. And comparison is the thief of joy. So get off social media, stop comparing yourself. Everyone is running their own race in business and you need to understand that. The second thing is set realistic timelines. So for my first year in business as a PT, when I was 18, I got zero clients. No one wanted to train with me. So I was a club trainer. I got paid. Club trainer basically means terrible trainer. And I got paid $17.50 an hour to clean gym equipment for a full year. Did you, were you walking around just in this? Were you walking around trying to get clients? Yes. Like, I was walking around trying to get clients. Couldn't get a single client. Oh, yeah. It, it, was, breaks my heart. it was tragic. So all the real personal trainers had black t-shirts. I had a blue one that said club trainer because I was literally like a pleb. No one wanted to train with me. So it took me my first full year in business I earned seventeen fifty an hour. Were you paying rent? Yeah, and paying rent. 
Crazy. Yeah, so I had to work it off to get my first couple of clients. Then I got my first few clients and it was a shit show. Like I was the worst personal trainer you could ever imagine. Obviously, I had no experience, but I wasn't very realistic about it. And actually on my website at the time, I had zero clients. This is how much belief I had. I had best personal trainer was my headline on my website with zero (laughs) clients and I had literally no proof. So... And this is why, guys, Tim doesn't struggle with analysis paralysis because he just really has so much conviction and belief in what he does that he put best personal trainer, Perth's best personal trainer on his website with zero clients. I love that for him. Still believe it. And last one, guys, is you need to know that you're in this for the long haul. So business is a long game. It is like a compounding thing that gets better and better and better and better and better over time. And the longer you're in one industry, the better it gets because you get more well-known, you get referrals, etc. I see this all the time in business. People change niches all the time and they change way too soon. I'm not saying you should stay in your thing forever if it's not working out for you, but people jump the gun and they pull out and they change their things so quickly Mm. before they can even give themselves a chance to be successful in that. Because you're basically starting again every single time you change needs. You've got to reestablish your relationships. You've got to reestablish your networks. You've got to reestablish your credibility in the new niche every time. So by all means here, guys, change shit up if you have to, but don't change it for the sake of it because you think there's something wrong with your niche. Most of the time, it's not the niche, it's you. One <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, <laughs> my drop. I was nice like, imagine, chat to you guys. See yeah. you later, Tim. Thanks nice so much for that. Imagine being married to him, guys. Yeah, no, it's epic. but <laughs> he's epic. I'm very lucky. So, uh, those three tips were all about like how to stop putting pressure on yourself. I just, I really want to just circle back on a couple of those really quickly. So, this, I think the last two points were really the same. So, it was like set realistic timelines and know that you're in this for the long haul. I think the biggest mistake we see clients make or people make when it comes to businesses, they're disappointed that. They don't have results in the first month, two months, three months, six months. They're, they're upset that they haven't been able to make their full-time wage in their first year. They're, you know, and for a lot of those people, it's a six-figure wage they're trying to catch, you know, and it's really about staying the course. And it's really about being so freaking passionate about what you do that you're willing, like Tim, not saying you have to work for a year and especially not if you work with us, but you have to be willing to do a little plug there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Successschool.io. <laughs> That's our website application form. Uh, Let us know. We've got a few spots for next week. But if you you don't put so much pressure on yourself, if you just stay the course, if you just stay passionate about what you do, like, and when Tim talks about outlasting it, could you imagine, I was thinking about this literally in the shower this morning, Steph's shower thoughts. Maybe that's what we should call lesson of the week. Can I come? (laughs) I was thinking about this in the shower this morning and I was thinking about Taylor Swift and I was like, I wonder if she would have been as famous if she just had a one-hit wonder, right? If she just had one awesome song, made a couple of million dollars, and then just stopped. The reason that Taylor Swift is so phenomenally famous and is able to get the kinds of sellout concerts, sellout results, sellout movie cinemas to go watch her sing a concert, which is wild, is because she stayed the course. That woman has been in the game for longer than most stay. Most people don't keep showing up. They don't keep putting in the effort. They don't believe that they have more hits in them. They don't believe they can get better and better every single year. And so she becomes the queen. She be- And same with Beyonce. They just stay the course. They keep showing up. You know, in Tim's industry, as, as a gym owner, it's, it's it happens really regularly where gyms close because it's like, honestly, the fitness industry. Is I so... saw one yesterday, like literally for sale. Yeah. They close all the time or they sell they, because it's really hard. And the reason that Tim's business is so successful is because 
he's just 10 years shown up, shown up, shown up, shown up, but he just stays the course. And so all you have to do guys is just find the thing you're passionate about, be passionate about it, set realistic results, stop putting so much freaking pressure on yourself from looking at other people on social media and just focus on getting 1% better every day because that is 365% better in a year. And just to wrap that up, guys, before we get into our listener questions, quitters never win and winners never quit. And I want you to stain that into your brain and never forget that. Guys, if you are going to share this podcast today, you should share that quote when you tag us. Yeah. (laughs) What was it? (laughs) Winners never quit and quitters never win. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Quote stuff. So we're going to dive into some listener questions. We actually put this out on Tim's socials and we got so many responses, guys. So thank you so much for this. We're going to dive into three listener questions today and then we will keep asking. And if you want your listener question answered, please just like send us to us in a DM and we will put uh, question posts up on our stories so that you can ask questions. But Tim, do you want to dive in and ask the first question? Yes. So we have from Louise M. And I'm going to read these out exactly how they were sent in to us. They're very easy and straightforward to understand. But Steph, if you could tell yourself anything in your first year of business, what would it be? Oh, this is so tough. It's not like we haven't had time to prepare to answer these or anything. Just freezing on the spot. Uh, I just like, I think for me, it would just be... Stop putting, for me, honestly, this this podcast episode has just been me in a nutshell in my, in my entire business experience. So I would just say like, stop putting so much pressure on yourself. I just, it's, it is so hard. Actually, I'm going to change it. Make profit. That is the thing that I would say, because when I first started a business, I was not making profit. I was, and probably like most of you listening, I was like, oh, it's okay if I don't get paid for a little while or, you know, you're charging the money, but then all that's going out when you look at, you know, your bank account at the end of the month. And so making profit was something that I I didn't almost like feel worthy of at the beginning because I didn't really know what I was doing. And I was like, just so shocked that people were paying me. And I remember sitting down with Tim probably in the first six months of my business. And he made me do a little calculator that I still use to this day. And I could still, sh- I could share with you guys to this day, if you want a copy of it, just send us a DM. But it's a little pricing calculator that we used to run the events that I was running at the time. And I was so stoked the first time that I made $300 profit. I was like actually so excited. I was still working my day job and I was like, oh my God, if I just do enough of these workshops at $300 profit, I can quit my job. And so for me, it would be just like make profit from the beginning. Like profit, you guys all in all out is not going to help you survive. You, You cannot replace your day job. You cannot replace your income. You will never get out of that scarcity mindset until you actually have money building up in your account. Mine would be nail one marketing method first before you try to do everything. Mm. So every business that we've ever worked with, something works differently for each of the businesses in terms of marketing. So if someone's out there telling you Instagram is it for you and your business, they're probably full of shit because for every single business, there is a different marketing strategy that works. So you need to find the one that works for you and then you actually need to get good at it. Okay. So the reason you're not getting leads into your business is you haven't nailed marketing or you haven't nailed your messaging. Okay. So there is two keys there, or maybe you don't have trust, but there's a few other things that are involved in it, but you need to nail marketing because you need to be bringing leads into your business. Okay. Mm-hmm. Once you've actually got the business set up and you're doing service and you're you know building products and stuff and, and people are stoked. Yeah. Awesome. But after that, you have to be nailing marketing. 
a lot of your energy needs to be going to marketing. The world is so noisy and so busy right now, especially on social media, that you have to be better and you have to know what you're doing from a marketing point of view. Obviously, we help you with that in Success School. So, Success School to IO. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question two, I'll start with you, Steph. How do you step out of your masculine and tap into your feminine outside of business hours? That's from Sammy K. It's that this has actually been a real journey for me. So prior to being in business, I was hyper feminine. I was always in my feminine 90% of the time. And going into business, probably it wasn't the first year, but I would say around year two and three, I got hyper masculine. I had a couple of male business coaches, which probably didn't support that necessarily in terms of there was a lot of bro scaling and, and that sort of thing that was going on. But also just because you work so goddamn much. And in order to grow a business, there does need to be a healthy level of masculine to grow it because that masculine energy of structure, that masculine energy of process of logic of, you know, you do need both in business guys, just by the way, because passion and heart and flow and creativity mostly come from the feminine, right? So you do need both in business, but I got hyper-masculine, do, 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 structure, structure, like make it happen, scale to the moon, like really, really big. And over the last few years, you know, coming out of my office in the day, I would kind of come out to Tim sometimes and I'd talk to him like I was coaching him or, or I would be, it sucks, by the way. <laughs> be kind of aggressive by nature just because I'd come out of that do-do-do mentality all day. And it goes, it's really unhealthy for your relationship, like really unhealthy. Like the last thing Tim wants from the woman that he fell in love with who was just hyper-feminine and, you know, and, and really nurturing and loving and caring is for her to come out and start like shouting orders at him. And so for me, a couple of things. One, that I've actually really noticed that has helped lately has been turning my phone off. So after 4 p.m., turning my phone off, knowing that my workday is done, there's nothing else I'm going to be doing today. I'm I'm actually just going to be 110% present in my life this afternoon. Turning my phone off has been a game changer because every time I go to think, the thing that drives it when you finish work is that you come out to the kitchen or whoever you're talking to and you are still thinking about work. You're still like, oh my God, I should do that. Or oh, like Tim said, the to-do list never ends. And so you're always like, oh my God, I need to do this. I need to do that. And that is what's driving that masculine approach. So turning my phone off and not having access to it has been amazing. Having a shower, putting on my satin nighty dressing gown, like putting on my, all my moisturizers, like all of those things. It just helps me step into that like feminine version of myself so that I can actually come back and be Tim's wife and not his co-partner, business partner, you know, that's it's it's been really helpful for me. Just to top this one off, obviously I'm always in my masculine and stepping into my feminine is is quite hard. So I'm just gonna speak to this. So we went for dinner a couple of months ago with our friends and this is guy girl combo and she said that he said that he finds her very unattractive when she's in her hyper masculine and she actually was talking about these types of strategies to get out of her masculine at the end of a workday so yeah just to reiterate that was shower and then that was switching off the phone and then that was reading books or something like that doing some breath work etc so sammy thanks for asking the question i just wanted to let you know with that story that you're not alone here this is a very common thing in business. Last question, Tim. Last listener question. How do you keep the faith when things aren't going well and you feel burnout? So This is from Becca B, by the way. Thanks for submitting this one, Becca. How do you keep faith when things aren't going well and you feel burnt out? Fascinating because I think this happens to everyone. My answer to this is a lot of the times we anchor our success or how we're doing right now on our best ever. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So hypothetically, let's say for me, my best ever month in the gym was 96K. I talked about it on a podcast. Every time I don't hit 96K, I feel like shit. I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like things aren't going well. It's because I'm anchoring my personal success on my best ever month. Okay. When that's not realistic, business isn't like a linear pattern up from there. It's not like 98K next month, 100K the month after and up and up and up. It's always up and down and up and down. And the quote here or the thing I like to talk about is the polarity of the universe. So every good day is a bad day. Every bad day is a good day. If you're having a string of bad days, good days are coming. That's just how things work out. It's like the sun and the moon and night and day. Everything is in polar opposites in the universe. What is bad will be good at some point. Over to you, Steph. What are your answers on that? Yeah, I think you actually taught me that. And it's, it's so nice to know that when I'm in my darkest days that and like we still have because like this doesn't stop, right? These things that, I mean, like it it does get easier to be fair, but bad stuff still happens, right? For me personally, how I keep the faith in things not going well is knowing that it's not always supposed to be going well and giving myself the grace and really hyper-focusing on what I could do to fix it. So what's not going well? What's led me here? What do I need to do to change it? They're the three questions that I ask myself to make sure that I don't burn out and then that I keep moving forward. Like it's not just about, oh, things aren't going well. And then we, we tend to spiral, like it's getting worse and worse and worse. It's like getting back in the hair frame of what's not working and what can I change and what can I do about it today? Guys, that wraps up our entire new podcast. I'm so honored to be on this podcast with you today. Just a really quick one. We are announcing an insane new offer next week. It is going to be dropping live. We'll be talking about it on the podcast. You'll see it on our social media. But this will be for you if you know that you're great at what you do, but you just can't seem to find the words to actually show and tell your audience how freaking good you are. And because of that, you're posting, 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 but you're just not getting the sales you need. Or even worse, you're sending out your pricing and you're getting ghosted. So all will be revealed next week. But if that sounds like you, you are going to love this. And lastly, guys, don't forget to subscribe to the new duo, Steph and Tim, on the Successful Podcast. I think we have to change the name from with Tim to with Tim <laughs> and Steph. And share this with someone that could find this valuable. Around 60% of podcast growth is through word of mouth. So we would appreciate that. And lastly, guys, leave a rating. Nothing less than a five-star review will be accepted. So thank you so much, guys. We'll see you next week. Audience exclusive.